We hear from new offensive coordinator Tim Lester for the first time and reasons for optimism plus a look at basketball. Big weekend for hoops, both men's and women's all today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, hit the subscribe button. Just takes a moment and helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college terms and conditions apply. Well, it was a great weekend for Iowa basketball. The women go on the road and get a win Saturday night against Maryland. Iowa survives against Ohio State on Friday night on the men's side of things. Wrestling, uh, not so much against Michigan on Friday evening. We will get into all of that, but uh, some of the biggest stories out there is they continued talk about the new offensive coordinator and Tim Lester taking over the reins as the OC with the Iowa football program. And for the first time, we got to hear from Tim Lester uh, before the game against Ohio State. I'll put it up as a podcast. So Friday night uh, was a busy one. Had daddy-daughter dance with my daughter. So we were doing that, was watching the game at times when I could sneak away for a moment. Daughter's out of the dance floor with her friends and uh, dad snuck over. I was watching a little bit of the game, but of course got back afterwards and was able to dive back in, got her to bed and it was DVR time and rewatching the game against Ohio state. We'll get into that game here in just a little bit, but it felt like reading through you know, social media, the message boards, a whole lot of the scuttlebutt was about these conversations. So I went back for myself and listened to them. And I will tell you initially I walked away from the Tim Lester conversation as Gary Dolphin uh, talked with him. Very excited about things. I, I really was. It was something that I think stamped some of the excitement level that is there. You know, we can go through all the maturations that we've talked about here about did they get the right guy? I called it initially on the surface uninspiring. It was not somebody that on the surface felt like it was a home run higher. But the more that we've dug into it, I think the more excitement that has certainly been there. And now hearing from Tim Lester, things that absolutely would make sense for Iowa. You know, we've talked about what an offense with more RPO-based system would look like, how that could work with what Iowa does. And one of the big tenets of what he talked about, I think that was exciting, is about the running game. Now, he said they've always had a good running game, which not exactly the case. We know some of the struggles running the football that Iowa's had, certainly recently over the last couple of years as the offensive line just has not been up to snuff. But one thing that I liked is he talked about we have to run the football. He knows where he's walking into. He knows who his boss is in Kirk Ferentz and how he wants to have things done. But then explosive plays off that run game, and be it explosive plays in the run game or, of course, the passing game that goes along with it. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting from Tim Lester, he says you have to put a product that people want to be a part of and players want to be a part of, no doubt about it. And as we've seen you know, recruiting-wise, especially at a place like the wide receiver position. Not a whole lot of guys wanted to be a part of that, and that's something. He brought up, obviously, Kyle Shanahan's offense and how well, 70% of the league right now is running some variation of what Kyle Shanahan has developed and built into 
with the San Francisco 49ers and before that when he's in OC, when he's at Washington and Atlanta and, and just all the great work that he obviously has done and what he is known for as a play caller. Those are things, though, Iowa does not have, well, unfortunately anymore, George Kittle. They still got pretty good tight ends. And the usage of an H-back and a dynamic running game. Now, there's no Christian McCaffrey over there, but there's a stable of pretty good running backs. And you, you go through and you look at it, and this chance, the chance is there, absolutely, for them to make a big jump forward this year. A couple other things from Lester, and then we'll we'll hear from Kirk Ferentz also and uh, what he had to say also on Friday night. The 50-50 split, uh, this is not a Kirk Ferentz philosophy. This is a basic tenet of most everybody out there. And I thought Tim Lester was very good saying that there are times that that's where you start and it's not where it goes out. But maybe the most exciting thing that he said in this little five, six minute little clip it was you have to be able to adjust. And that was one of the things of many that Brian Farron struggled with the most. Adjustments in game were brutal. It was something where at times there felt like there was no rhyme or reason for what they're doing play calling wise when the initial plan was blown up. There was nothing there. There were things done just to try to set things up later with no rhyme or reason behind it. It just, it didn't work. And that was not a strength of Brian Ferentz was the adjustments. When you hear somebody talking about those adjustments, it's incredibly key for what Iowa needs to do going forward and what they can do to really change this offense over. Um, talked about being, had an opportunity to be a quarterback coach at the NFL level or coming here and coming here. I'm going to guess the pay's a little bit better being an OC and making $1.1 million in year number one, 1 1.3 in year two. Don't think most quarterback coaches are getting that even in the NFL. But uh, one other thing, one other note here as I was kind of taking some notes as listening a couple of times to, to Coach Lester, a lot of new on offense here. That was a quote that he had. A lot of new on offense here. Yes, please. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yes, a whole lot of that. So that was Tim Lester. I I'll be honest. We'll hear from him on Tuesday. I walked away from this much more excited about potential. And we have built on that. We've talked about it really over the last week after kind of the initial shock. And, and that has worn off as we've dug a little bit deeper. I think it's there. I think the opportunity is there. Kirk Ferentz teams have had good offenses. Kirk Ferentz teams have been able to move the football. You don't have to go back very far when they weren't in the laughing stock that they become over the last two and a half years. And I know at times it's hard to remember back to what it was. We're not talking about dynamic year after year, but there has been competent offenses and there have been things that have been done that have been able to make them at least okay and play that complimentary football. Look, they're not going to play at a pace in most games where they're going to be running 80, 90, 100 plays a game. That's just the, the pace that they play at coupled with what they want to do and giving the defense a break. And that's complimentary football. At least that's a, an aspect of it that you're searching for each and every time. Uh, later, we hear Gary Dolphin talking with Kirk Ferentz before the game. Um, and the question came up about flexibility. What flexibility the Tim Lester is going to have. Uh, this was uh, transcribed by Chad Lystico of the Des Moines Register. Uh, said Lester will have under head coach's parameters, which have been seen as holding the offense back. Here's Ferentz's comments. We've been here 25 years now, and the parameters have been pretty much the same. There are certain things that are just, just aren't negotiable. Ball security is a really important thing, and we didn't do a great job of that the past year. So there's one of them. That's right. It is one of the more befuddling things about what we saw over the back half of the year as Deacon Hill was a turnover machine, and yet he kept getting trotted out there time in and time out. 
I mean, it wasn't just interceptions. It was fumbles. Ball security was brutal, as bad as it's ever been in the 25 years. And yet they just kept trotting them out there time in and time out. That, that's, that was one that I always struggled wrapping my mind around how they could continue to do that. Was Joe Labus sitting there with a freshman and Marco Lyonez and just, nope, we're going to keep going with this one because he gives us the best chance to win. But we saw there were a lot of warts, certainly on his resume. Uh, continuing, uh, continuing here from Coach Ferentz and what he said on a radio. That's one thing right there. And having three segments involved in the game, we want to be mindful of what helps the defense, what hurts the defense, mindful of field position. It's okay. I know some people freaked out about that. He didn't answer really you know, what, what the question was initially from Dolph about what those parameters and, and if they're going to handcuff at all. Again, we're going to find out more Tuesday here. I know some people took these comments from Kirk Ferentz and say, hey, see, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment on this one. I'll give you takes. I'll give you opinion. That's what we do here. Uh, we're not a news. That's not what this podcast is about. It's not just handing you news. We do give opinion. That's what it is. My opinion initially was Tim Lester may be concerned. Dug a little more. Got a little more excited hearing from Lester for the ter- first time. Got even more excited about it. Is it going to be enough? Uh, that is the great unknown. If I had that, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be talking with you. I would be making millions of dollars betting on these games and knowing what the outcome is. Unfortunately for me, uh, that is not the case. And I love doing this. I love talking with you. And we will continue to make our educated guesses. We continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. It was a huge weekend for the basketball teams. We'll get into the win from the men on Friday night. The women on Saturday night. Road victory for them at Maryland. Plus, what's going on with the wrestling program? Whew, that was ugly. We'll do that as we continue. This is Lockdown Hawkeyes. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. As a small business owner, I made hires before. It's incredibly difficult going through resumes, finding that right fit. You're wearing so many different hats, so many different things that you have to do. Finding that right person can be incredibly important to do. Not only the importance but also difficult to find that right person. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and easy to do. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, you don't have the time or the resources many times to make that hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions for you, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million businesses, small businesses you link, use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent Conn, I'm back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. As we roll through here, uh, time to get into the hoops. And let's start And we'll go chronologically here as we kick things off first with the men's team on a Friday night, an important win against Ohio State. Look, any chance of this team riding the ship, 
getting back into contention for an NCAA tournament bid. Look, it, it starts over these next couple of games. And going back to early in the season, during the December portion of the schedule, losing that home game to Michigan, a team that we've seen this year is terrible. A team that was broken when they came to Iowa City. You let him hang around. He could have delivered the knockout blow. You're up 8, 10 points and, and just couldn't put him away. And then they come out red hot in the second half. And the loss to Maryland at home, the road loss against Indiana, these are teams that, frankly, Iowa should have beat. Iowa easily should be sitting right now with the 16-6 record. And I don't think that's a stretch. And we're having a completely different conversation. But the reality is now they are 13-9. And with that, they got a ton of work to do. So you get a win against Ohio State, another team that was reeling, uh, another program that had their own set of issues. Chris Holtman very well could be out the door for the Buckeyes. And that is a big conversation piece happening in Columbus right now. Uh, Mention went back and, and watched a game on DVR. And knowing the outcome of a game, uh, going back into it, it does... It does taint the picture a little bit as you're going through a game-to-day game. One of the first things, though, we have to bring up, and a guy that I've definitely been hard on as a basketball player, not as a person, but what we've seen on the floor certainly this year is Patrick McCaffrey. There's been so many times this year where Patrick has looked lethargic, uninterested, just out of it, not giving the desired result that you want to see out of a player. And the guy going through it possibly for the final time, he does have a bonus year if he does want to use final year of eligibility. But we just didn't see the passion that you want to see from one of your seniors. And late in the game, for him to step up, hit those free throws, keep Ohio State at bay, it was a great thing to see. And we can be frustrated at times with Patrick's play. I think anybody that's watched this team has certainly probably got to that point at times, and we know that he can knock down shots. We know that he has the athleticism to get to the rim. That there needs to be, and there should be more to his game, and certainly more than we've seen throughout the course of this season. But to step up that moment, knock down those free throws, keep Ohio State at arm's distance, that was great to see. Now, speaking of those late-game situations, they continued because it was really weird. With, what, 13 seconds to go, I would just play, kept playing the Fowler-defend game, right? So you're up three, what do you do? Do you defend, try not to give up the three, tie game if they hit it, or do you go the other route, you follow them, put them on the line, you go back and make your free throws. And at first I, I was upset about it. Biz, who joins us uh, on the podcast here from time to time, he was with us last Thursday. I thought he put it great though. And because I was sitting there, that following strategy, I think I said, was interesting late in the game. And Biz said, much rather see us try to win a free throw battle and try to play D. Yes, he nailed it there. Absolutely nailed it. I was probably better in that spot. I, I think they are better in that spot doing that one. Got the win. That's the mo- most important thing. Tony Perkins continue to play at such a high level for this squad. And what we're seeing from TP, just game in and game out, the consistency. And that had always been a knock really over the last three years after Perkins, his sophomore season became a really big part of this team is you'd see those moments, and he'd have the great games. You go back to you know a season ago against Illinois and what he did, just seemingly hit every 15-foot or pull-up that he wanted to throughout the course of that game and put up, what, over 30, I think, in that game, if memory serves. He's had those great performances, but there's also been some duds in there, and that's been ironed out a lot more. You know, averaging 20-plus a game now over the last five games, consistency time in and time out, definitely great to see 
out of the senior in. I said it last week, and it continues. NIL, hey, we need to get out there, donate to the Iowa Swarm, because be great to have Tony Perkins back in the mix for another season. I got to see another game, good game out of Sanford. You know, those two guys are really playing well. Cricky still struggling. Uh, the shots are not falling at the same level than we were used to. Owen Freeman, just 22 minutes as he was battling out there. And again, another game, foul trouble uh, was a part of it there, just 22 minutes from him. Dembali was excellent off the bench. Uh, you really have something there, the level that he's playing defensively. He's not shy on the offensive end. He's not, you know, he's. we're not talking about a, a wilted flower over in the corner, right? He's a guy that is aggressive, and you like to see that. Even when the shots aren't falling, he's not scared to be out there offensively. And what he does with his size and athleticism defensively, I think you really have something there. And you kind of think forward to a front line over the next couple of years with Dembele and Owen Freeman. I mean, that's really exciting. Kind of a building blocks with those two guys just going to be sophomores starting next season and what we've seen out of them. And then Josh Dix uh, bouncing back and having a good game. As we've talked about a lot, he needs to be more aggressive. I mean, this needs to continue aggressive nature from Josh Dix because he's a talented guy. He's really good with the ball. He knows angles. He understands how to get open, how to find spots, and he needs to hunt a little bit more. They need him uh, to be able to do that and go out there and do those kind of things. Outside of that, didn't see a whole lot. Just three minutes for Brock Harding in the game. Uh, DeSante Bowen just played five minutes there. Is that a signal that the point guard still is not on the roster for next season? I think you could definitely make that argument and talk about that. That is an off-season topic. But for another day, another week, they get the win. They keep hope alive. Now, coming up next, it will be a road trip out to Penn State. Winnable game on Thursday night. A very winnable game. Penn State, 11-11 this year, new coaching staff. But Nitty Lions are starting to play a little bit better. They went at to Indiana, a place that Iowa just lost last week. Not just won the game, but won it by double digits. Beat Rutgers, not only beat Rutgers at home, uh, on the road the game before that, they won it by 15. So this is a team with back-to-back -back road victories by 14 and 15 points. You do that in the Big Ten, even against bad competition, Rutgers and Indiana, that's impressive. I, I think this Penn State team, they're very young, but they're starting to figure it out uh, just a little bit. No easy thing going in there. It'll be a bad environment. I mean, it just, it's, it's not good. It isn't. It's big gym. Not much atmosphere. There's going to be, well, as we've seen in Carver, a couple thousand people there. Uh, Friday night, half full maybe. Weird. It's just so different than what we're used to. But that's what's up next for Iowa. Penn State this week on Thursday night. And then Minnesota, they get on Super Bowl Sunday at 2 o'clock before a road trip to Maryland. All three of those games, basically toss-up games. Two of them are on the road. I still think they probably have to win all three and then find a way to get probably a couple of quality victories down the stretch. And that means beating Wisconsin at home, beating Illinois at home, winning at Michigan State or at Illinois, Woo! or at Northwestern even. Uh, that's going to be tough. I'm going to need a couple of those uh, to make it happen. Still a long road to go, and we will continue to break things down here. Locked on Hawkeyes. We continue to talk about the top five women's team. They get a win, hard-earned victory against Maryland. We break things down. What happened to the wrestlers on Friday night? We do that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. 
Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, well, of course, about the football. It's about the bets. It's about finding that great spot on the couch. Get the lazy boy. Yeah, get that spot. Get set up. Get your favorite snacks as well. Get some wings going. Get some chips, and you are ready to go and ready to make some super bets. So many different avenues to go here. I like to lay out what I think this game is going to play out. What do I anticipate we're going to see with San Francisco and Kansas City? How is the game going to play out? And then that's how I look to make my bets. When you're building prop menu, you're looking to do a bunch of different things or get a little goofy with the two. FanDuel has so many different ways to end the season with the W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for which players will score a touchdown. First touchdown scored, last touchdown scored, multiple touchdowns scored. How many points will be scored in the game? You name it, feels like they have it at FanDuel, and they have so much more. New customers join today. You're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Trent Conner back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Your team every day. That's what we do here across the Lockdown Network. Of course, we got you covered on the Hawkeyes side of things. Your favorite MLB team with Pitchers and catchers reporting here in just a couple of weeks. NFL team is we put a cap on the season with the Super Bowl coming up. And then right after that, leading into the NFL draft. College basketball, we got national. We got Big Ten covered with Locked On Big Ten. Your betting side of things with Lee Sterling. Every possible angle. Fantasy sports, Locked On has you covered. We continue here. And a look at the women's team as they get the win against Maryland. Jumped out uh, down early in that game. What, 11-4? Come roaring back, tie it right back up. The resiliency of this team, though, it's incredible. And we touched on this a bit last week, but they're walking into these environments. They're going into places that are getting crowds that they've never seen before or rarely seen crowds like this. Just the fourth sellout in Maryland program history. Brendan Freeze has won a national championship there. And just for the fourth time ever, they're selling this place out. They go out after a shaky start in the first couple of moments, come right back, tie the game up, take control, give up the lead, had a feeling maybe for a while that it was going to be like the Ohio State game. It wasn't in the fourth quarter. It was in the third quarter that Maryland came charging back. But Caitlin Clark had a response every single time. She finishes with 38 points, 12 assists, and six rebounds. Uh, you had the TikTok camera that was on her throughout from Fox. You had Gus on the call. I mean, he's dropping swears, and he's dropping all kinds of superlatives. But the ridiculous nature of Caitlin Clark, and we talked about consistency earlier with Tony Perkins, is she delivers every single time. And you think of the pressure that is on her when she goes into these environments that everybody wants a piece of her, from the broadcasters to, I'm sure, people that are connected, famous people that are showing up now, and we're seeing more and more of that. You got TV cameras, you got TV personalities, you got to do all the things. You have now reps that are going around. You got NIL considerations. You have all these different things. And when it comes to the 40 minutes on the floor, she delivers every single time. The game log is ridiculous. Game in and game out what she does. And we just, we take it for granted. We shouldn't. 
because we'll never see anything like this again. A transcendent player played at the University of Iowa doing these things and and building a sport, and taking a sport to a level that it's never been before. That's what we're seeing. It's amazing. Great game for Molly Davis. And when Molly Davis is playing like that, hit big shots early, hitting three-pointers. They were open threes, knocking them down. I see Molly a year ago, and she was just playing a few minutes a game. She was a deep reserve role coming in from Central Michigan. And when the talk this uh, fall camp was about her really making big improvements, I, I, I'll be honest, I rolled my eyes. She's not very tall. Didn't see any kind of difference maker. She can be. She can take some of the, the point guard duties away from Caitlin, get her at times a little rest, or just be able to work Caitlin off the screens and set up the offense that way. She's, even with her small size, a good defender. I mean, she knows how to play the game incredibly well, super smart, just has all, all those different things. We talk about you know that intelligence with Kate Martin. And how about down the stretch? It was a falter in the game, and it was not Gabby Marshall uh, out there. Gabby, one of five from the floor. Uh, one of five, all those uh, shots came from downtown. And though the defense has been her calling card, she's got to knock down shots. And a falter down the stretch, that's the direction that they went. And she was really good again. And just love her game. She's undersized, 5'11", mixing it up in the middle. Hannah Stolke was making plays. But ultimately, it was Caitlin Clark, and it was Molly Davis. Uh, Cheryl Swoops made an ass of herself, and boy, it feels like more and more people just continue to put their foot in their mouth when it comes to Caitlin Clark, right? And talking about her breaking the scoring record is now she's on the precipice of doing that. And talking about it, well, you know, with the COVID year, well, this is her fourth year, so idiot. I mean, just it takes basic level of research. If you're going to talk about something, at least, and you're going to make a point against somebody, make sure you got it right. She didn't. It just, we're, we're seeing these stack up time in and time out. And Salty Dawn Staley and Kim Mulkey uh, spewing lies. Talk about 40 shots a game. She's never taken 40 shots in her career. And just on and on and on. And more and more people. Haters are going to come. Haters are going to be there. And it's going to continue. From my perspective, I say, enjoy it. Don't get into spats on social media. Don't get into, you know, it could be a rival fan base. It could be one of these national broadcasters that don't know what they're talking about. Enjoy her for her. Enjoy her because she's part of the team that you root for. Enjoy what we're seeing because it's amazing. It really is. And we get to appreciate it from our own perspective. It's been great to see. Another one checked off. 21-2 now on the season. Come back after the loss to Ohio State. Winners of three in a row. Penn State coming up this week at home. They go to Nebraska. That'll be a charged-up environment coming up on Super Bowl Sunday. Noon tip-off for that one. Michigan after that, another big one then. Uh, looming coming up February 22nd on the road against Indiana. It's fun. Enjoy the ride. We are seeing something we will never see again. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Appreciate each and every one of you being with us. Just takes a moment. Hit that subscribe button. Really do appreciate it. And more and more Hawkeye fans making their way over here as we talk Hawks with you each and every day. Lockdown has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's Lockdown Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7. Covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. 
Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Tuesday, we will get to hear from Tim Lester. We'll have reaction from that one. Kirk Ferentz, how much leeway is he going to give the OC? Of course, we'll break it down as we do each and every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.